I'm excited to have college football back. Aren't we all? College football is indeed back today in full swing, although the Irish have to wait two more days before they'll take the spotlight in a primetime game Monday night at Louisville. You know, we go on the road. It's going to be a raucous environment. It's the only game being played on a Monday, uh, Labor Day, uh, against an ACC opponent. Uh, we know how that plays out uh, with our opposition. Uh, Louisville will be up for the challenge, new head coach. The juice is good, everyone's excited. Um, you know, you can just tell that, you know, it's been fun playing our own guys and whatnot, but we're ready to play somebody else and uh, we can't wait for Monday to get here. Notre Dame eager to show what they are all about in 2019 after coming up short in the college football playoff one year ago. We, we got a taste of what it's like to be in the playoffs. I want to win the darn thing. So can the Irish go all the way this season? We'll break down the schedule, the obstacles, the depth chart, and of course, the first test against Louisville. Live from the Redeemer Radio 95.7 studios in the shadows of the Golden Dome, this is Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. While most of the college football world kicks off the season today, Notre Dame still has to wait another 59 hours until the season opener Monday night at Louisville as the Irish look to continue the momentum from an undefeated regular season a year ago and a trip to the college football playoff. Welcome to the season premiere of Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays, Notre Dame FCU, where you bank does matter. I'm Angel DiCarlo, joined once again this season by former St. Joe and Elkhart Memorial football coach Kevin Downey. And Kevin... I mean, I got to admit, this feels kind of weird. Every time we did a show last year, the Irish were getting ready to play a game later that day. Makes a uh, makes me uneasy on a Saturday in football season uh, when everyone's playing and we still got to wait two more days for the Irish to get going. Oh, it's so great to be back in football season. You know, it's awesome. I think, uh, especially on the success that last year's team had, this is going to be a really fun group to watch. A- anyone that uh, watched last night, meanwhile, uh, college football kicking off with some games, uh, Purdue losing on a heartbreaker, 56-yard field goal on the final play of the game as they lost. Uh, former Marion running back Xander Horvath had 66 yards rushing for uh for Purdue, but they were up by 14 heading into the fourth quarter and lost. So, um, and that was to Nevada. They were supposed to win. So keep that in mind. Games you're supposed to win that don't necessarily go your way. That's something to keep in mind, everybody, for two days from now. I'm not saying they're going to lose. I'm just saying let's not just write off Louisville right out of the gate when it's on the road in prime time at 8 p.m. That is certainly a recipe for anything can happen. Well, and for Louisville, that's why they brought in that coach. He's really consistent, and um, at Appalachian State, he did a great job of hanging with the uh, big boys. So last year's kickoff, they were against um, Penn State, and they played him into overtime. So that's why he's in. All right, on tap on this morning's show, Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Thanks to them once again for being the title sponsor of our show. Our Focus on Faith segment is with Notre Dame wide receiver and Captain Chris Fink. He's had an incredible journey to this point, and he explains how his Catholic faith has played such a big role in his life. We're, of course, breaking down this matchup with Louisville. They were horrible last year, 2-10, but they do have a new coach coming from a program known for major upsets 
So could the Irish be a victim? Probably not, but we'll explain how it's a possibility. What are the strengths and weaknesses of the 2019 Notre Dame football team? We'll break down the entire depth chart next uh, segment, but let's not waste any time. Let's start off with probably the biggest question every Irish football fan has heading into this season. Can this team make it back to the college football playoff? What do you think? I think they got a great chance. We returned a lot of people with experience, but a lot of key people. So you have, to me, I guess two favorites that stand out just because of their personalities would be the quarterback, Ian Book. Obviously a great player, but he has confidence, and he has confidence in everybody around him. And then on defense, I just love Gilman. I know there's a lot of talented guys, and just to pick out two, but again, he's all about attacking and making plays and kind of that emotional leader um, looking at them from the outside. Last year, 2018, just the 11th undefeated, untied regular season for Notre Dame in the last 100 years. I say just 11th. That's a lot. But, I mean, when you put in perspective uh, the quality of the regular season, of course, they lost to Clemson 30-3 to in the college football playoff semifinal. We know all about that. Here are the guys that are now gone from this team. Drew Tranquil, Tavon Coney, Jerry Tillery, Julian Love, Dexter Williams, Miles Boykin, Sam Mustafer. Justin Yoon, Alizé Mack. I mean, that's a lot of good talent that that is left. Now, two years ago, you lost Quentin Nelson and and you lost Mike McGlinchey and company and and Josh Adams, and you still made it to the college football playoff a year later. So that doesn't mean you can't do it, but unquestionably, that's a lot of good players. But as you mentioned, Kevin, uh, Ian Book is back, Aloe Gilman's back, Chase Claypool, Chris Fink, Julian Aquara, Khalid Kareem, uh, a lot of talented players as well. Um, here's what Ian Book, Chris Fink, and Khalid Kareem had to say about the Irish coming up short in the college football playoff one year ago. We say the ceiling is the floor. You know, we, we went to the, we made it to the playoffs, and we, we know what that feels like, but we didn't win in the playoffs. Now we know, you know, what it takes to get there, but it's time to get there and actually win it this time, and, and everyone on the team understands that. It left a bad taste in my mouth the way we lost that semifinal game, and uh, we, we understood what it took last year to get there, and now we know it's going to take a little more to, to get further. And we were, we were right there. We tasted, you know, we're a game away from a national championship, so guys are hungry, guys are ready. So I feel like this group of guys, a very talented group of people, so we can really go out there and show the world who we're truly about and what we can do. All right, that was Ian Book, Chris Fink, and then finally Khalid Kareem talking about what the Irish can get done this year. Uh, Kevin, uh, let's let's look at this AP top 25, uh, maybe the top 10 here. Clemson, uh, unquestionably ranked number one. Uh, defending national champions were absolutely dominant last year. Alabama is ranked number two at 14-1 and one last year. Their only loss to Clemson. Uh, Georgia is ranked number three, 11-3, and and Notre Dame has to travel to Athens in week three. And, of course, they got Jake Fromm, who, oh, by the way, beat Notre Dame as a freshman at Notre Dame Stadium, and uh, now he's an upperclassman. So, uh, Well, that game for Georgia is going to be huge. So That I know, game for Georgia is going to be mean, huge? For Notre Dame is going to be huge against Georgia. Uh, yeah, they're super talented, obviously, but... By that time, we'll have not just the practices and a couple games under the belt for the Irish. They'll have to uh, have their identity and really have everything clicking. All right, Oklahoma is twelve and two. Lost to Alabama in the uh, 
college football playoff semifinals. They're ranked fourth. Ohio State is fifth. LSU is sixth. Michigan, this is going to upset a lot of Notre Dame fans to see that Michigan is ranked ahead of Notre Dame in the preseason polls. They were 10-3 and three a year ago. Of course, Notre Dame beat them to open up the season, um, but Notre Dame is at Michigan this season. So another tough challenge for the Irish. You go on the road to two top 10 teams that is another big obstacle for ND this year. Well, and I think that Michigan, they're really getting um, – this is a make-or-break year for them, right? And it's at the big house. I think it's going to be a huge game, a huge part of that big picture for the Irish season. All right, uh, Florida is ranked eighth. Uh, they slipped by Miami last week, 24-20, in the, uh, what they're calling the Week Zero game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the one Week game. offensive line game. <laughs> Rename. <laughs> Both sides. The Irish come in ranked ninth in the country, a Texas is 10th. Uh, just a couple other notables in the top 25. Uh, Central Florida is 17th. They have Brandon Wimbush now, a quarterback. Uh, the, Notre Dame, form, the Notre Dame graduate who transferred after last season. They beat Florida A&M 62-0 on Thursday night. He threw for two touchdowns. Stanford is ranked 25th. They were 9-4 a year ago. Notre Dame closes out the season at Stanford. So, again, so only three Notre Dame opponents are in the top 25 in the preseason poll. Georgia, Michigan, and Stanford. But, if you've noticed the pattern here, they're all road games. So, unquestionably, the toughest part of Notre Dame's schedule is the fact that they have their toughest opponents on the road. Well, we talked... uh before about just one of the things that they had to overcome last year and had to deal with I don't know if I called it adversity but just that that stretch where they traveled all over and they they did step up and they did it and maybe that made their team bond a little bit better I mean there's a lot of time where they have to be together isolated uh, just as a team so it could be a team building thing yeah they're going from San Diego to Chicago to back to South Bend over to New York over to Los Angeles and, and that was the stretch when we were at this point right now first show of the year talking about our, our projections of what the Irish can do and you're saying I think they can run the table and I'm like you're crazy <laughs> they're getting their final five games they got to go all over the map in the United States they won't be able to hold up and they did so that's something extremely good to look at when you look at this schedule but you know they got to open up on the road at Louisville on Monday night, again, Louisville's just two and ten last year. They got a new head coach. Um, they're a mess, um, but I think it's a more about Notre Dame opening, yeah, right? You yeah. want to make sure you're getting everything going. Um, the, the opponent matters, but it's so important that the Irish get identity. Then you, because you're playing on Monday, next Saturday they won't play again, and then the home opener against Bob Davy and New Mexico <laughs> on September 14th. That'll be fun. But September 14th, your home opener, so that's so weird. Then it's at Georgia on the 21st. Home against Virginia on the 28th. That's not an easy game. Probably the the most difficult home game along with USC. Uh, following week, they'll host Bowling Green. Uh, defensive coordinator there, Brian Van Gorder. Uh, he was the defensive coordinator for Notre Dame when they got he got fired back in that infamous 2016 season. He was the defensive and coordinator for guess who last year? Louisville. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So they don't get him in week one. They get him. Uh, so they're going to be up for that game. I, I guarantee you. Then it's USC on uh, October 12th. And then they have the bye. They have a bye heading into that Michigan game. That will help. Then the November schedule, I think this is the key. If you can get through October unscathed, I, you, you host Virginia Tech 
at Duke versus uh, home versus Navy, home versus Boston College at Stanford. I'm not saying the last five games are easy, but if you can get through the first seven games, the last five games are a lot easier this year than they were last year. Well, and I do. I think it comes down to Georgia and Michigan. Those are huge. Not to uh, downplay USC and Stanford. Obviously, they're really good programs and very consistent. But, man, I, I agree that that October is pretty wild. All right. Our, let's look at our Twitter poll question. How many wins does Notre Dame end up with at the end of the regular season? The choices were 11 or 12 wins. That was one choice. 10 wins, 9 wins, or eight or fewer wins. We had more than 500 votes come in. You want to guess what the uh, winner is? I'm going to say 11 or 12, Catholic radio station. No, you're wrong. Uh. You're very close, though. 11 or 12 wins had 37%. 10 wins had 38%. Nine wins had 18%. Eight or fewer wins had 7%. Uh, Looking at some of the comments, uh, if you post a comment when we post our Twitter poll question, um, which I usually do on my account, at Carlo on Twitter. We will give your answer on the air. Andrew said, 11 with only a close loss to Georgia. Beat Michigan at their house. Offense has a ton of talent. Book is an early Heisman candidate. Defense is young, but smart. I think that's a pretty good assessment, don't you think? Yeah, very good. I think being books the key. All right, Carla says, I would love to have uh, more than 10 wins, but 10 is where I think we end up. We beat Michigan and Georgia, but fall to an easier opponent because we tire from the energy it took to get those wins earlier in the season. And then she clarified, I think we fall to two easier opponents um, in that. Uh, Joseph says, I think we lose a gut-wrencher in Athens, but there's no way in... Okay, Catholic radio station, we're not going to use that word. We're losing to that (laughs) garbage of a team in Ann Arbor. I'm editing here, Joseph. Georgia, Michigan, Stanford, I think we get two of those three. Take care of business with the rest. Irish 11-1, but probably won't be enough for the playoff. 11-1 could be enough for the playoff. You never know. Um, All right, that's our Twitter poll question. I, I think they're right in that mix. We won't give our total season predictions just yet we'll we'll save that for the end of the show um all right so what can we expect from from the irish this season what kind of team are they what's their mentality their identity well brian kelly was asked that very question this week here's what he had to say you know each year you you kind of have a gut feeling i don't have a gut feeling per se as much as i know certain players and how they'll perform i think what i'm waiting for is um, what mindset the group brings. Um, a few years ago, we had a, a, a mindset that they really wanted to dominate their opponent. Um, I think the mindset of this group kind of comes together after a first game. I'm not sure what that is right now. Um, are they going to go in and kind of hang in there, or are they going to go in there and exert their will? Uh, do they have to come out and... Um, feel it out. You know, that kind of unfolds when the group plays. I think Ian Book is a really good player. I think Julian Okor is a really good player. I think Alohi Gilman's a really good player. I think those guys that we know about are going to play at a high level. Uh, And then I think that um, by and large, our system, our process will take care of itself. Um, But you really don't know about uh, your football team in terms of their mindset until you really play the game. All right. You're a former coach. Is that is he I think is he messing ref- with us or is that is that what is that a real answer? 
Honestly, I think it's refreshing. As a coach, you don't really know, but yeah, uh, you know, true. I would always kind of project, "Hey, we're going to be great. This is going to be the year." I know we lost a couple of people, but young guys are stepping up, and you know, I guess I was my own uh, my own uh, person that championed my team. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> All right, uh, we want to thank Tyrac for being such great supporters of Redeemer Radio. The folks at Tyrac underrate our internship program with high school students from Marion and St. Joe. We had five different interns at our games last night. More tires, great prices. Visit TireRack.com. All right, still to come, Chris Fink will be our guest on Focus on Faith, and we'll let you know what makes Louisville a potentially tough opponent to at least prepare for. But when we come back, the strengths and weaknesses of the 2019 Irish, we're breaking down the depth chart next on the season premiere of Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturday. Does debt have you down? Are you worried about your credit cards, your mortgage, or keeping your car? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union can help. Our people are trained to be financial physicians. They can give you a checkup, help you to heal, and then stay healthy. Don't be embarrassed, it's why we exist. When your body is sick, you go to see a doctor. When your finances are sick, you go to see the friendly folks at Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits? All right. One of my favorite places in all of Michiana is Fiddler's Hearth in downtown South Bend. Locally owned, family friendly, scratch cooking, Sunday brunch, live music. Mention hearing about Fiddler's Hearth on this broadcast. You get 10% off your food and soft drinks for your family. And don't forget to vote for Fiddler's in South Bend Tribune's Reader's Choice Dining and Live Music categories. That's Fiddler's Hearth on Main Street in downtown South Bend. Again, 10% off food and soft drinks. I mean, they got great food. I should take my family to 10 there. Oh, well, there you go. That <laughs> 10 that, for 10. That, <laughs> 10 for 10. I like that. Angel DiCarlo, Kevin Downey back with you here uh, for the season premiere of Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. All right, uh, now time for our deep dive into the depth chart for the Fighting Irish. And uh, let's start with uh, what, what I'll say are, are the strengths of this team, um, the defensive ends, the safeties, and the quarterbacks. I don't know if I would put any other position group in that listing. What about you? Well, I do think we have uh – we have some consistency now in the offensive line. So again, they were kind of on the block as far as being making the list year after year after year. Now the recruits are coming in, they're building depth, uh, even with the, the position coaching change last year, you know, they stepped up, as you said, I think that we can depend on them too. So that's good to have that consistency as well. All right. Weaknesses. I think uh, linebackers, no question, special teams, no question. Doesn't mean these groups can't step up. But uh, they're liabilities, at least to start the year. Anyone else you want to throw in there? I always, in the back of my mind, just worry about the explosive running backs. I know that we have really good running backs that return, and if they stay healthy, it could be really good. But for two years, we've been blessed with some explosiveness that can really crank off huge plays. All right, uh, let's break down the, the positions. We'll start with the defensive line. Khalid Kareem and Julian Aquara both return for one more season. Both will play on Sundays for years to come after this. Dalen Hayes, uh, a backup at defensive end. Brian Kelly went out of his way to mention, hey, listen, you know how good our depth is? Dalen Hayes had his best camp of his career at Notre Dame. Here's a guy that used to be a starter, got passed in the depth chart because Kareem and Aquara are so good, but... 
it shows you how good the defensive ends are when Hayes is producing at such a high level and and he's a reserve. Well, a defensive line to me, I always has a soft spot because I was actually a defensive line player. But I do truly believe the defensive line can change the game. And to have that be your biggest strength uh, or one of your biggest strengths is really huge. With all those defensive ends, they're going to have a chance, especially on third and long, to do some sub packages where you get all those guys out there and you really get after the quarterback. Well, and you say that defensive, defensive line makes a difference. I mean, they had an outstanding defensive line in 2012. What happened? undefeated regular season and an outstanding defensive line last year what happened undefeated regular season now the question is is this defensive line can be as good as last year because jerry tillery is in the nfl jonathan bonner are gone you know now it's uh, up to kurt heinish and myron taglova amosa to to fill in on that interior defensive line uh mta was out last year with an injury um kurt heinish uh, it steps in at that nose guard position now here's the thing you, you build up the defensive ends, and then you hint at Kurt Heinisch that, you know, hey, are you guys going to be able to hold up your own on this? You don't ask Kurt Heinisch if the interior defensive line can hold up this season. Here's what he says to you. I think we're going to be just as good as we were last year. Everyone talks about, you know, we're missing Jerry and we're missing Bonner, but that really doesn't mean anything to me and Myron and Jason Adamalola. And, uh, and the guys behind him and me and Jacob Lacey, that, that really doesn't mean anything to us. We're going to show up and be just as good as we were last year. Is there like a little bit of a chip on the shoulder then? I could feel that coming out of you a little bit. Like, no, we, we got this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, certainly everyone talks about how we're going to miss Jerry and we're going to miss Bonner, but we're going to be all right inside. We, we work our tails off every single day and we're going to be ready when the time comes. All right, I, I know you appreciate Jerry Tiller, but that was an emphatic, we're going to be good. Don't worry. <laughs> I love that guy. He's intense. 41, man. He's a grinder. He gets after it. Absolutely. All right, defensive backs. Uh, safety certainly a strength. Aloe Gilman and Jillian Elliott, captains returning. Kyle Hamilton, ha- a f- true freshman, has been blockbuster in, in preseason, especially when the media was there. Had an interception in, I think, just about every media practice, if not two or three at times. Now, the cornerbacks, Julian Love, off to the NFL. We saw how much ND missed him in the Clemson game. Yes. You know, that that's huge. Troy Pride is back at corner. He had a great year. But it's the other cornerback position without Julian Love that I think is a big question mark. Sean Crawford, this is an outstanding story. He is back. This kid has had three. I say kid. He's feels like he's 27 now. He's had three season-ending injuries, including last year, one year ago, about this time, just a few days uh, before the start of the season. And yet, he's back yet again. He's gone through all that adversity to return. He'll start at cornerback as well. The question is, can he hold up? Is he as good as he used to be? And can the corners live up to last year's um, play with Julian Love and Troy Pride? Well, I think the corners... You know, with him going through all that, it's going to be similar to what we had as a leader in the locker room uh, is Drew Tranquil. So, again, totally different positions. Yes, corner is a huge question just because you're only as good as your last game, and there were uh, some glaring issues <laughs> in that one against Clemson. But these are two of the best safeties, at least in my 45-year lifetime, that I've seen play at Notre Dame and be able to play together. So with the strength of the defensive line with the rush, hopefully there's not a lot of time, and the strength of the two safeties, everybody's going to get lined up, and you have that back-end support. Hopefully we can get to the next segment because I think that's what makes me nervous. 
Tariq Bracey, Houston Griffith, Dante Vaughn will also rotate. Yes, uh, linebackers. <laughs> I, I mean, it's an issue, right? The, the more and more I look at just personnel replacing, obviously Drew Tranquil, we just talked about uh, his leadership, and he was an emotional guy, but Tavon Coney was one of the best uh, middle linebackers that we've had in quite a while, and I just don't see a guy that can match up to that. Um, not that there's anything wrong, and I think, uh, you know, even – kind of Ian Book's take on the whole team, next man in, people getting in and having confidence. These guys are good enough to go to Notre Dame. Obviously, they can play. But that scares me. Uh, and I think they'll be tested a little bit because Louisville's going to try to run the ball. Again, you can mask it if you get them in third and long, do sub packages and take the Mike linebacker out and just have your outside backers. Asmar Bilar, the only returning starting linebacker. However, he's moving positions. He goes from Rover to Buck linebacker. They were putting him in at middle linebacker. Didn't work out. Didn't yep. win the job there. So now he's going to slide over to Buck. Uh, your middle linebacker will be Drew White. And he missed all the spring with a shoulder injury. Had eight tackles last year. Six versus Navy when Tranquil was out against Navy. So he had two tackles in non-option games because he simply didn't play. And then in the spring he didn't play, but he's come back and won the job. So that 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 either says something about the lack of depth or says something about him that he's able to win the job. The rover is Jeremiah Wusu Kamoro. He missed last season with a broken foot. Penn's Paul Mawala is his backup. He is uh, shifting over from defensive back. So um, I think I think when you look at Jeremiah Wusu Kamoro, um, this guy is. Um, he's built for the position. Um, he looks the part, and I think he's going to impress people. The question is, with this kind of inexperience, can these guys get the job done? And by the way, that doesn't mean these are the only guys that are going to play. It's not going to be like last year, yeah. where uh, you know Coney and Trinkle are going to be on there the whole time. You know, uh, Jordan Jem Markeith, Jack Lamb, Shane Simon, Bo Bauer. We mentioned Paul Moala. These guys are all going to see the field in some form uh, because they're going to they're going to be mixing and matching until they find out what works. Yeah, well, and they're going to be mixing and matching against that opponent too. All these guys bring different strengths, even though they're all inexperienced. So, and and we got a great defense coordinator as far as X's and O's and matchups. He's we're. We're going to have to figure out that. <laughs> Linebacker, huge. All right, uh, let's turn to the offensive side of the ball, and you've got uh, that quarterback, Ian Book. First returning, no doubt about it, quarterback, uh, starter for, of the Brian Kelly R. There's always something. If you go, well, no, wait, what about? No, there was something that was weird. <laughs> like someone got suspended, missed the game. Something happened. Someone got benched. There was a quarterback controversy even though the guy was back. there's something he's the first one 2018 68 percent completion percentage 19 touchdowns seven interceptions started nine games last season he's put on weight this year here's a compilation of ian book answering questions about ian book you know i took pride in wanting to gain some weight get a little bit bigger a little bit stronger this offseason and uh, i think i gained about eight or ten pounds so feel good about it feel strong and uh you know that's a Hat off to Coach Bayless for that one. He really helped me out. How much better of a quarterback do you feel you can be this this season? Um, after every game, I'd go back and watch and just, you know, want to critique everything. There's so much I can do and get better at. And i um, excited to uh, go out there and, and prove that and show that. And um, I know, you know, every game there's going to be plays. You're going to come back. You're like, all right, this is what I got to do next game. I can't let this happen again. If I'm going to make that mistake, can't make it twice. And uh, I think it's going to be a big year for me. I'm excited. And um, I feel more comfortable, especially with the, 
the playbook and you know defensive recognition and all that. But there's still so much to learn for me, and that's kind of the best part about it is knowing you know how much you know more room I have to grow and. You know, I want to get there, so I'm working on that every day. But I want to yeah. uh, be a little bit more, you know, vocal leader. Um, you know, lead by example. You know, and you know, I'm getting a little bit older on the team. There's a lot of younger guys, so bring them along with me. And you know, especially with the quarterbacks, you know, Brendan, Phil, all those guys, take them along with me, show them everything. Because when I was here, you know, I wanted the same from the guys that were older than me. Mm-hmm. So um, it's important, and you know, to be up, to go out there and have fun, and um, lead while you're having fun. It's it's fun to do, and it's something I've definitely picked up this summer. All right, that's Ian Book, Irish quarterback. Uh, not only got the job done on the field, uh, says all the right things, which is very critical in a captain and a quarterback at Notre Dame. Oh, I love that guy. He is, you know, he has talent. He can make all the throws. He can uh, scramble, do things, but he's confident. And let's remember what made him special last year. He made all the others around him better. So if we're optimistic, game one, we got a lot of new faces and all the others around him. But, man, he is the guy that can get it done and make those people shine. Okay, here's the problem at quarterback. What's behind him? Brandon Wimbush was there last year as the backup. He's now off to Central Florida. Phil Jakovic had a brutal spring, um, has his confidence back, is a five-star prospect, but... He's struggled in every form um, that we've kind of really seen. And then after that is Brendan Clark. I mean, the biggest liability for Notre Dame is is if Ian Book gets dinged up. I'm not saying if he's out for eight games, then we know the season's probably in major trouble. But he even gets dinged up. He's out for a half. He's out for one game, which always happens in college football these days. That's where Notre Dame's going to have one of its biggest problems if Phil Dracovic is not ready to go. Well, and he's a huge recruit, but he did struggle. Uh, I guess just hold your breath. Let's hope Ian Book stays healthy. (laughs) All right. Our title sponsor for Irish Sports Saturdays is Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. When you open an Elevate membership at Notre Dame FCU, you'll get $50 in your new account and another $50 for an eligible nonprofit like a Catholic high school, a parish, or even Redeemer Radio. Your A share of values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. All right. Let's turn to the running backs. Uh, I lit. I kind of, I didn't list them as a strength or a weakness. You kind of put them in the the weakness category. Obviously, Dexter Williams is gone. Thousand yard rusher last year. Twelve touchdowns in just nine games. You lose the explosiveness. That's the biggest thing that they don't have. Javar Armstrong, Tony Jones Jr., uh, two guys that combined for about eight hundred yards rushing. Armstrong had some injuries last year. Mm-hmm. He did well when he was in there before uh, Williams came back from his suspension. But um, I think that's the biggest thing you don't have that explosive back like you had in dexter williams for sure uh and then even the year before too right so they we've had two explosive backs i do think um you know they're talented i I think it it'll be back to book making them better and that offensive line that i think is a strength as well all right wide receivers tight ends miles boykin is is out of here with 59 catches he's in the nfl alzay mack 36 catches chase claypool we haven't talked about him yet uh i think this is a guy who could get 75 catches this year i mean he he uh he's ready to go chris fink back as well but there's some issues with depth right now Mm -hmm. in this group uh cole Komet is out with a broken collarbone. Michael Young is out with a broken collarbone. Kevin Austin is likely out for the season for discipline reasons. Um, so after Claypool and Fink, that's where your question marks come in. 
Well, Claypool with that big size and you know his ability, and then Fink. I mean, I love that guy. He's another one of those um, grinders. You know, from walk on to uh, captain, he's going to be an emotional leader. But I don't know. I don't know about any of these other guys, and that's kind of where it comes back to uh, Brian Kelly's. Uh, refreshing <laughs> admittance that hey we're just gonna have to see who steps up thank god that we have ian book throwing the ball to him lard's keys will start in the slot no career catches uh brock wright will start at tight end offensive line new center and Jarrett Par- patterson replacing captain sam Musfer, liam eichenberg aaron banks tommy kramer robert hainsey all started last year. Hainsey now a captain. So again, as you mentioned, Kevin, uh, a lot of depth there, a lot of returning starters. This could be a strength. You listed them as a potential strength for your team. Now, what is not a strength, the other major weakness of the team is the special teams. Yeah. I mean, specialists. the specialist in, in particular, kicker Justin Yoon and punter Tyler Newsom are, are, are done. Jonathan Dorr will be the kicker. Jay Bramplett is the punter. Here's what Brian Kelly had to say about where things stand with the special teams. We're not lacking preparation. Um, I will say that. Um, I feel as though when we take the field on Monday, as though we have prepared them um, as well as I've ever prepared our special teams um, in going into an opener. Um, I can't play for them. Um, We've recruited them. We've made decisions that these are the best players um, in, in the recruiting process. Uh, we've got to support them, and we've got to go let them play. Um, based upon what we've seen, we, we are very encouraged, but when they put people in the stands and they turn the lights on and the scoreboard on, things change a little bit. We hope that it changes uh, in a manner that, that it brings their game up even more. And if that's the case, we're going to be in pretty good shape. Will be one of the more fascinating things to see Monday night in primetime, 8 p.m. If Jonathan Doerr can can boot a, a, a 38-yard field goal in the second quarter. If Jay Bramblett can uh, not shank a punt um, in his first attempt on the second drive of the game. These are the questions we have yeah. because they may not determine whether or not they beat Louisville. But they're going to play a big factor if you're going to beat Georgia or Michigan. Well, it yeah, we don't know. And you could tell him his voice. He doesn't know either. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he said it. I mean, I think he flat out. He didn't use those exact words, but he basically said, I, I don't. I, I think do, they're good. We yeah, recruit him. <laughs> we, we, we hope so. Um, all right. Up next, he started as a walk-on, then earned a scholarship, became a starter, and now he's a captain. My sit-down conversation with Chris Fink in Focus on Faith when we return here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Imagine a world with no poverty, a world where everyone has food to eat, clothes to wear, and is able to make rent each month. The St. Vincent de Paul Society is working towards that goal. We are committed to ending poverty by serving our community one neighbor at a time. We have seen the power one person can have on those we serve. Join us in the fight against poverty. Visit svdpsb.org or call 234-6000 for more information. It's one of the biggest games of the high school football season coming up Friday night when Marion hosts St. Joe in the Holy War. Marion 2-0, St. Joe now 0-2, but (laughs) we know how this works. You throw the records out the window in a rivalry game. It's the Tire Rack Game of the Week. Bob Berger and John Brock join me for all the action Friday night right here on Redeemer Radio 95.7. Tailgate Talk starts, gets things started at 6 with kickoff in the Holy War to follow at 7 o'clock. My... 
broadcast partner here this morning. Kevin Downey knows a little bit about that Holy War game as a former player and head coach for the St. Joe Indians. So uh, I think you you would agree the records don't matter when these two teams are going at it? Yeah, I would say for my lifetime, it's a, <laughs> a great game. <laughs> it's definitely worked out that way. All right, uh, that's coming up next Friday. Uh, you know, being a Catholic radio station, we want to bring you something different in our coverage of Notre Dame football. Last year, we started a segment called Focus on Faith, a deep dive with a Notre Dame football-related person talking about their career, but also about their faith and how it has shaped who they are. Notre Dame wide receiver Chris Fink with it was a guest on Focus on Faith last year, but there is no better representative, someone who plays at the highest level on the field and devotes himself off of it in his Catholic faith than Chris Fink. He started as a walk-on, now he's a captain. Team chaplain Father Nate Wills told me this week about Chris Fink, quote, That dude is awesome, a true servant leader who embodies humility, faithfulness, and integrity. Here's Focus on Faith with Irish captain Chris Fink. You know, this time last year against Michigan, you got to make your kind of your first statement uh, in that game with a big touchdown, and it led to an outstanding season for you and the team. Um, considering all you've been through to get to this point, what did last season mean to you? Um, last season meant a lot. It was it was obviously um, a really good regular season, going twelve and zero, and and I had personally um, the biggest role I'd ever had, which is something you know I've been working towards and striving towards um so being able to be a part of a, a team that won 12 and 0 was was really special um making the playoffs but at the same time when we uh fall like we did in the playoffs and, and come up short um kind of leaves a bad taste in your mouth so planning on this year being better on all levels trying to finish the job you started here as a walk-on you got a scholarship you became a starter and a couple of weeks ago you got named a captain what does that mean to you to have that honor coming all the way from being a walk-on? Yeah, it's it's a tremendous honor. I mean, when you when you look at the list of people who have been uh, captain of the football team here, it's just it's just an incredible list of guys. So to be able to continue that legacy and and hopefully um, leave leave a good mark on it um, is is really an honor. And, and knowing that uh, my teammates and coaches uh, believe in me and 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 think that I can do the job is is a uh, it's really heartwarming for me, and, and I don't take the responsibility lightly. Notre Dame captain wide receiver Chris Fink is our guest on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. This is our Focus on Faith interview. Uh, you're a devout Catholic. Uh, last year you spoke about how blessed you feel you've been from God based on everything you, you've had and how much of a role God plays in your life. Can you explain maybe a little bit of um, some of the ways you thank God and how you incorporate your faith in your daily life? Yeah, um, you know, I, I'm always I'm not always the best at it. Um, you can always be better. Um, so it's it's something I'm working towards every day. But um, there's a, there's a lot of things, especially being at Notre Dame, that it's just so easy to uh, to involve God in your life. Um, one great thing I really love is we do uh, we do some fellowship meetings within the team, um, led by Coach David Grimes, who is um, I don't know if you've ever spoken to him. He is a, an incredible uh, leader of men. He's he's so faithful. Um, and he, he puts together these great um, scripture ref reflections for all of us. Um, we go through it, and you know, we talk and ask questions and share things with each other. So that's that's one thing I think that's really stood out for me and a lot of other guys as well. You went to Catholic high school at Archbishop Alter in in Ohio, and now a Catholic university here in Notre Dame. Do you feel going to Catholic high school, Catholic university, ha has brought you closer to to your faith and to God? Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean. 
just the fact that that's how I was brought up and and it continued through high school and now I'm at college and you know I'm sitting in the in the dorm as a freshman sophomore and I can just walk downstairs and there's a mask going on um, you know right right in my own residence so um, it's like I said being at Notre Dame there's so many opportunities to to become closer to God and and I'm really thankful for that. And then as a captain, does does your faith play a role? Maybe not in terms of what you say to guys, but in terms of how you want to lead and, and how you how you want to be a captain. Yeah, I think it does as well. I mean, um, you know, anything that, that's difficult, you, you take to God and you should take everything to God. But, you know, just saying some prayers and, and asking God to guide me and, and how, to, how to lead the guys and things to say to them and, and how I should carry myself being being the uh the role model that i'm trying to be so um like i said you take anything to god so god's god's been um instrumental in, in all things in my life but i've been you know going to him a little bit for for how to lead the team as well notre dame captain wide receiver chris fink our guest here on notre dame federal credit union's irish sports saturday our focus on faith interview as notre dame gets set to face louisville in the season opener coming up on monday night all right let's turn to something that Maybe it's not so holy, but maybe maybe you have a reason to, to say it is. You got a list, uh, okay. a, doub- <laughs> a doubter's list. Yeah. Uh, explain to everyone what this is all about, how it came to be, and I guess how it motivates you. Yeah, um, I guess I haven't um, been leaning on it as much as I used to when I was a, a young player. Um, I kind of used to fuel myself with a bit of anger, and now it's not so much like that. But, you know, I, I kept a list of people on my phone whether I know them or not or you know whether I read something or somebody said something to me just you know not not believing in me relative to the football or anything just kind of kept a mental note of it and when I needed to kind of kind of put an edge on myself I would read it um like I said nowadays I uh I don't rely on that as heavily I kind of think about you know all the people who have believed in me over the years you know my parents and my siblings and, and my friends and, and and coaches and all those people and and when I think about them and and them believing in me and them supporting me and, and trying to prove them right as opposed to just thinking about proving people wrong um i think that's a good motivating factor for me as well you didn't know where i was going with that did you uh not not when you first said it no <laughs> i did not all right you mentioned your family that list actually started with a family member didn't yeah. it with one of your uncles uh yeah, so not, not, an, not an immediate family member just uh you know one of the distant people um like a family reunion that you don't know quite how you're related to but just a casual conversation said something that i thought you know maybe i'll maybe i'll think about this when i need to put a little chip on my shoulder so all right you're you're now a fifth year uh, graduate student what do you currently study um i'm working towards my master's of science and finance um it's a program um really fit with my schedule being that it started in january i graduated in three and a half years so i could start second semester of my senior year and it'll wrap up at the end of the season here um, Nick Wisher did it the year before me um, so I'm, I'm working towards that right now all right so you're not coasting in this uh, grad student program no you can, you can never coast you know <laughs> full tilt full time all right what what's what's the future for Chris Fink after after this year's over you know uh, it's it's hard to know what it is exactly but you know I have some dreams and goals of playing in the NFL so um, you know, obviously, number one goal is this season win a national championship and do everything for the team. But I'm also trying to have the best year that I can personally to position myself to do that. And um, I'll think about um, all the next steps um, when the time comes. But that's my dream. Finally, I want I want to end this conversation in, with a very similar question I, an, I asked you at the end of last year's. Uh, you're you're a smaller guy. You've been told you're too small. 
uh, you're you're not athletic enough or whatever it is that was on that title list. What do you say to younger kids that might be listening that have been told similar things and and the advice that you want to give them? Sure. Um, there's there's always going to be people who uh, who won't believe in you. It's a lot easier to to tell someone they can't do something than to believe in somebody. So, um, you know if. If that's the kind of thing that motivates you like it did me, then, then use it for motivation. If it's the kind of thing that brings you down, then, then block it out and don't think about it. And, you know, you can never dream big enough. I never would have thought, you know, going back years and years that, that I would be doing what I'm doing today. So, you know, just, just trust in, in what God's got for you. Work hard and, you know, take the word can't out of your vocabulary, something that my dad always told me. So um, there's nothing that you can't do. Thank you very much, Chris. Thank you. That is Chris Fink, Notre Dame wide receiver and captain, outstanding first guest for us here on Focus on Faith. Uh, yeah, uh, the doubters list. That was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> and just how confident he is. and it He doesn't reminds, need it anymore. Oh, it's awesome. You never tell an overachiever he's an overachiever, right? I think it's great. Um, but, you know, he has some other stuff, too, that he brings, not just, you know, his high character, but. Uh, he's a playmaker too. Yeah, absolutely. And we were talking, we segmented in, you know, talking about the special teams. He is one of the things that they do return as far as the specialists with the punt returner. And he is just solid. He always catches the ball, which is always critical. And then he has some change coming to him as well. Um, so he'll have to rely on that faith. It, he's going from slot to the uh, outside receiver. So I don't know. It's exciting. And he's definitely one of the characters of the team. Absolutely. 49 catches, two touchdowns last year, hoping to up those numbers, to say the least. All right. If you like all things Notre Dame, be sure to stay tuned for Church Life today. Coming up right after us, Lenny Lorenzo of the McGrath Institute for Church Life is your host. That is next here on Redeemer Radio with replays tonight at 6 and Sunday at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. Still to come, it's time to break down the matchup with Louisville. They were... Uh, well, brutal last year, but they have a new head coach who has a ton of special, who has done a ton of special things before. They have a quarterback who can pose some problems. Plus, we'll give our season predictions and game predictions all when Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays returns here on Redeemer Radio 95.7. We know you like football. So do we. We're TireRack.com, and this is our version of a two-minute drill, except it's only 30 seconds. TireRack.com has an enormous selection of tires. Not sure which ones to buy? Use our tire decision guide to find the right tires for your vehicle and the way you drive. Then get them shipped fast and free on all orders over $50. Shipping is in as little as one day. Free. TireRack.com ships to independent, recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Touchdown! Support for programming on Redeemer Radio is provided by the DeNicola Center for Ethics and Culture at the University of Notre Dame. The DeNicola Center is committed to sharing the richness of the Catholic moral and intellectual tradition, both on campus and in the wider public square. Learn more about the DeNicola Center and see our schedule of upcoming conferences, lectures, and events at ethicscenter.nd.edu really big to come out and make a statement just so you can, you know, kind of build upon that. You don't want to come out, you know, sluggish, soft, not making tackles because, you know, some of that stuff bleeds into the rest of the season. But if you come out strong and you make a statement, you can definitely build upon that, you know. Just send a message to everyone that we're here, we're ready to play. That's Notre Dame captain, defense end Khalid Kareem on the Irish wanting to make a statement Monday night when they take on Louisville in the season opener. Louisville just 2-10 last season. They fired coach Bobby Petrino. And in is Scott Satterfield. 
51 and 24 in six seasons as the head coach at Appalachian State. 11 and 2 last year under him. Uh, they, of course, are known for their upsets, Kevin. Um, Last year, they almost upset Penn State in overtime. And then back in 2007, uh, beat Michigan. Satterfield was the QB coach back then. So he's ro- he rose up the ranks there. Uh, so um, he's probably got some tricks up his sleeve, let's say, for Monday night, I would imagine. Yeah. And in, in uh, last year's game, again, they did some cool things on special teams. So um, they did a kickoff return for a touchdown. Some Notre Dame's going to have to be aware of. And then um, surprise onside kick. So there's some strategy behind it. But yeah, they're, he's used for upset, used to upsets. And he's consistent as compared to a Bobby Petrino. So that's why they brought him in for this situation. All right. Here, here's the thing. He he won at Appalachian State at a very high level. And now he has that much more talent at Louisville. Yep. You know, say what you want about what Louisville did last year at two and ten, but they have talent. And uh, when you put a coach like that there, um, he can do some special things. Now, is that going to happen in game number one? Maybe not, but he might have six crazy plays that they can execute really well that yep. could keep Louisville in this game. All right, uh, Juwan Pass has won the starting job at quarterback last year. He threw just eight touchdowns compared to 12 interceptions, but 6'4", 238 pounds. Certainly has all the tools, says Irish coach Brian Kelly. Obviously, at the quarterback position, Juwan Pass Big, physical, uh, I think that they've put an offense together that I think really suits him uh, well. Uh, 6'4", 235 pounds, um, he can make plays. He is a playmaker on the offensive side of the ball. He's got outstanding receivers. I think the receiving core is as good as there is in the ACC. You know, maybe Clemson maybe uh, has a better core. All right, that is uh, Brian Kelly talking about John Pass and then giving a lot of uh, credit to the receivers for Louisville. I mean, I mean, I think Pass he he's a big he was a big time prospect, so he's capable. Didn't show it last year, but you also that these players gave up last year. That's one of the reasons yeah, it was they were a debacle. Too- <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, it really was. You could just see him implode uh, right before your eyes after you watch him week after week. But hey. One of the greatest names in college football, maybe in all of football, Juwan Pass. I think if I'm a new coach, new place, I got a history of having success, upsets, and my QB's name, Juwan Pass, I got a chance. And then they do have some good wide receivers. The guy that stood out was number 86. Um, he really had a great year last year, again, inside that debacle. All right, uh, they do have a left tackle who will play on Sundays, Mecky Becton. Uh, 6'7", 369 pounds. We will probably see him stand out. Um, he's going to go up against Khalid Kareem, so that should be an interesting matchup. Outside of that, they got nothing, really, though. They gave up 43 sacks last year. That was second most in D1. Uh, Louisville's defense, don't have to talk much about them. They were bad last year. Gave up 44 points a game. Gave up more than 50 points in a game seven times, including the final five games. They gave up 77 points to Clemson. Brian Van Gorder was the defensive coordinator, the former Notre Dame defensive coordinator. He's gone. He's at Bowling Green. Uh, you talk about a team that gave up. Uh, they had to on defense to to put up numbers like that in a bad way. Well, yeah, they were they're really bad all over. And again, they're explosive in the wrong way. Uh, but they do, again, another great name guy. They have... The nose guard, 94, uh, Gigi Robinson is a stud. He I like stood that. out. 
I like that. All right. Uh, we got our sprint now. Uh, what worries you most if you're Brian Kelly? Just the unknown about my team. Yeah. What do we have? Slow start in a rowdy environment. Don't want to get uh, that way. You want to see what that identity is right at the get. All right. What worries you if you're Scott Satterfield? I'd say just got to embrace the excitement. That's why they brought him in. All new players, all new schemes. Uh but they do have some sound. I'd say everything we've talked about since uh, 9 o'clock. Uh, <laughs> keys to the game. I think it's turnovers. Part of the Louisville's debacle last year and why there's changes is uh, all the turnovers that they had. And then part of Notre Dame's success last year was all the turnovers that they did not have yeah, until the I, final game. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the same thing. Just play your game. Don't turn it over. And the Irish should cruise. Uh, what's your game prediction in this one? I think the Irish win 42-14 just because it will be a little sloppy. Okay, uh, we didn't we didn't compare notes here. We're pretty close. Uh, I say stays uncomfortably close in the beginning. This could be one of those, you know, it's middle of the second quarter, and you're like, why are they only up thirteen to three? And uh, one of those, and then all of a sudden they get things going. Maybe like that Wake Forest game last year. Um, didn't look good early on, and then all of a sudden, you know, it's all good. Uh, I say Notre Dame ultimately pulls away to win 41-17. All right. What is Notre Dame's record this year, Kevin? Last year you said 12-0. and What are you going with this year? Angelo, we're still on a Catholic radio station in South Bend, Indiana. I'm saying undefeated again. I'm going to do it. You're really going to... Playoffs. You're going to... Somehow, a miracle will come down. We'll figure out Clemson or Alabama or whoever makes it there. Oh, so wait, now you're actually... So you're predicting 14-0 now? <laughs> now you're... All now, right, wow. All right. Two huge games, obviously. The, the I think big picture you got to look at are Georgia and Michigan. Those are great teams. And that's not counting out the uh, USC's, Stanford's, and... Virginia's of the world. But yeah, undefeated. Let's uh, roll. All right. I'll go with 10 and 2 losses at Georgia and at Michigan. I got to say it. Yeah. Um, that is what uh, our, our those that voted on the Twitter poll had to say as well. All right. We're out of time. That'll do it for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Notre Dame FCU, where Bank does matter. If you missed a part of our show, we will post the podcast in just a little bit. Just search Irish Sports Saturdays wherever you listen to podcasts to download it please give us a five-star review when doing so. Thanks to our audio operator today, Matt Florian. For Kevin Downey, I'm Angel DiCarlo. Notre Dame and Louisville in the season opener Monday night at 8 p.m. We'll be back with you next Saturday morning right here at 9 a.m. on Redeemer Radio 95.7. We close out our pregame the same way the Irish close their pregame with a prayer from one of the Irish team chaplains. Hi, this is Father Nate Wills. I'm a Holy Cross priest, a faculty member at Notre Dame's Alliance for Catholic Education, and one of the chaplains to the Notre Dame football team. This is a prayer that the players pray together at the end of our pregame Mass. Let us pray. Grant, we beseech you, O Lord our God, that we may enjoy continual health of mind and body, and by the glorious intercession of Mary Our Lady, may we accept the joys and trials of this life and someday enter into eternal happiness. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Go Irish! This has been a presentation of Redeemer Radio Sports. Thanks for joining us for Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. For almost 100 years, Elkhart Bedding has been making quality sleep sets in Elkhart, Indiana. 
And by selling direct to the public in their factory showroom, Elkhart Bedding has been able to sell their customers mattresses and foundations with the same materials and construction as the national brands. The only difference is, by buying factory direct, you don't pay for warehouses and middlemen and end up with a considerable savings. Elkhart Bedding is located at 2124 Sterling Avenue and at ElkhartBedding.com. We spend money on extras in our life. That extra cup of coffee, the extra screen on our Netflix subscription, or that extra fee for faster shipping. But what if the bit of extra you give was more than a temporal gratification? By giving a little of your extra to Redeemer Radio, you are investing in the eternal. Souls are being changed every day because of what is being broadcast through the airwaves. Be a part of someone's conversion. Give a little extra to Redeemer Radio.